Hey, good morning. This is John Ustry, and I'm here today with Origin Gates Wisdom Echo. And uh, just wanted to greet you and wish you well and uh, share with you a little bit that's on my heart this morning. Um, I was thinking about this month's uh, little message and uh, what's been going on in the earth and, and where people are at and... I realize that change is such a constant for so many people, and um, and people navigate change differently. They navigate it. Um, some do well, some don't so well. I used to pride myself. Keyword on pride. Um, uh, uh, oh, I love change. I embrace change. It's amazing, you know. And I like to have thought that that was true, but I realize it's probably not as true as it, I used to think it was. Change and I are, uh, are are partners because my life has been full of it, but yet I think and I haven't always enjoyed the process. And looking back, I find that change is actually so key in something very critical. And the title of what this is called today is Change, the Pathway to Upgrade. Um, when I look back over my time uh, from uh, early childhood all the way through into my teenage years in the 70s and um, then on through to progression to point now, change has always been the precursor, the disruptor that allowed upgrade to happen for my life. And uh, so I wanted to go over a couple things about that because how you approach change, if it's a negative or a positive for you, is going to determine your trajectory and where you're going to end up. Um, and Yahweh's faithful. He's going to continually work with you and take you around whatever mountain you need to go around and deal with stuff to get you to the place of relationship with Him. Um, ultimately, the goal is to get our eyes off of ourselves and look unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith, and to love one another uh, well, love our neighbors, ourselves, love Yahweh as ourself, um, love Him with our whole heart, mind, and strength, and uh, whatever it takes to get us through to that process. That's really ultimately what, what's going to happen, and He's got a lot of patience for that. So He will keep working with you, and working with you, and working with you. And I look back over 40 years of my active participation, 45 years of time uh, walking with God, and I realize, oh my, maybe I could have done some things faster, sooner, if I'd have responded differently in different situations, but he's faithful to keep on working with me and bringing me around to where I get to where he wants me to be and where I need to be. So I got to looking at a, a chapter in the Word and there's a big push right now for life coaching. And uh, I, I'm going to give you a little clue. Not that life coaching is not a good thing. It's it's a great thing. There's benefits to it and all of that. But um, if, if you want to just find a life coach for yourself that's very effective, look at Psalm 37. I just want you to realize that Psalm 37 is probably one of the best life coaching chapters that you could possibly have. And it gives you in the first 11 verses proactive things for you to do. And then from there it begins to talk about what the Lord's going to do back for you and how he helps. So just in the first 11 chapters in Psalms 37 it says, Do not fret 
Do not be envious. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell. Dwell is not a passive thing. Dwell is a proactive thing. Cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself. Commit your way. Trust also in Him. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently. Do not fret. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. Wait for the Lord. Be humble. Look carefully. And delight yourself. Those are the first 11 verses. I mean, there's more to it, but those are things that are directives for your life. Those are the best life coaching things that you could take into your heart. As you look through those and meditate on those and find out what they mean and and look to the original language of uh, what the uh, translation was all about and, and see it as a proactive endeavor with intention and purpose in your life, then it begins to talk about what Yahweh is going to do and how it's going to look. Um, the Lord laughs at the wicked. He sees his day coming. The wicked do this and cast down afflicted and needy and slay those. And do all these things. But then he starts to say this. Better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of the wicked. The arms of the wicked will be broken. The Lord sustains the righteous. He knows the days of the blameless. And their inheritance will be forever they will not be ashamed in time of evil. I like this part. Right around the world right now, there's a lot of people worried about what's coming as far as famine. It says here, in the days of famine, they will have abundance. Why is all this what he's doing? Because those first 11 verses, you did those proactive words in your life. They'll have abundance in days of famine. The enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows, doesn't pay back. The righteous is gracious and gives. Those blessed by him will inherit the land. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong. I want to show you something about the steps of the righteous, uh, steps of the man established of the Lord. And Yahweh delights in those plans and steps that he lays out. You don't have to know with understanding every step that you take before you take it. You can rest and trust in the path he's laid out before you that intuitively on the inside of you, you're going to begin to walk with him in the pathway he's laid out. Now, if you're doing those first 11 verses, the proactive words we're talking about, the life coaching stuff, you're going to be intuitively directed on the pathway of righteousness, on the pathway that the Lord gives you. And you'll look back over time and say, wow, he really led me on a path. When you see birds migrate from north to south or back to north, and they've never done that before, there's an intuitive thing going on inside of them that Yahweh's leading their pathway in their direction and they know how to do it. That's how the righteous are directed by him. I used to fight with this thing feeling like, man, I've got to know every step before I take it. There's no faith in that. Faith comes in the place of you can rest in the assurance of walking the first 11 verses, the life coaching verses, and in so doing, then you open the way for the Spirit of the Lord to begin to direct your steps, and you can have rest in confidence. He says, fret not numerous times. Don't fret. Don't fret. Don't fret. Rest in me. Trust in me. I'm going to give unto you your inheritance. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to help you. 
So that was a big key for me when I realized I don't have to know all the steps, but I can look back over my years and realize you have directed me every moment of the way. And even when I misstepped, you brought me back around because my heart's desire was to trust you and look to you, the author and finisher of the faith, the perfecter of the faith, the ability to run with you in your direction from an intuitive desire on the inside. If you live like that, your steps will be ordered. The other thing about this journey is if you're measuring your journey by ease, like everything works out with ease, and you think that's the measuring stick for that you're doing it right, it's the wrong measuring stick. It says in um, um, verse 39 of this same chapter, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Notice it doesn't say he's going to help you not have trouble. It says he's going to be your strength in the midst of it. The expansion of your tent pegs, the growth of your mountain, all of that is likened to somebody working out in a gym. You're ripping it up with the weights and, and, and jogging on the treadmill. And your next day your muscles are stretched and you're hurting. And, and all this stuff's going on with your body. But it's because of the tension and pressure against you that you've worked through that causes you to be strengthened in growth. And, and run with more ability. It's like that with life. If you're in the process of growth, you're going to encounter obstacles. If you're never confronted or tested, how are you ever going to grow? I mean, it just doesn't work. So he doesn't promise a measuring stick of ease. He promises to give you strength in the midst of it. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Remember, if you live in him and move and have your being, you're protected. There's nothing you can't accomplish and you can't do when you rest in him. And, and whatever that takes for you to make that happen in the morning hours or in the night hours or however that looks for you, even the practical of imagining Yeshua standing before you and you stepping on the inside of him and looking and expanding out through his eyes and realize that you're in him and watch the peace of God that passes all understanding just pervade your whole being in that place. You cannot fail in him when you rest in him. Um, just a journey on the uh, change being the pathway to upgrade. When I look back over the course of my years, um, in my early childhood years, my early uh, days of understanding of lordship of being in Jesus um, he being my savior uh, the born again process in the early 70s all of that I look at periodic changes and I started um, in a charismatic Pentecostal denominational type church and I was there for a couple of years and it was amazing change and growth in my life the word became alive and I fell in love with reading the Word. Um, it was kind of interesting. I was in uh, uh, my first year of college, and I had an English class, and we were supposed to write compositions. And I was so in love with the Word, and I read so much at that time of the King James Bible, and the, uh, I had a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, and it was a gift to me. And I read it day and night, day and night, day and night, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I had to write a paper on a 
in an English composition class, and the testimony is, honest to goodness, this is exactly how it went down. I read this, wrote this paper, and uh, I got it back. I got a C minus, and the teacher had marked it up with red marker pen all through the thing, and uh, just a sarcastic note at the end. And I read the note and said, why all the old English in this paper? And I looked at it, and I realized I had read King James so much for that couple of years that I wrote my paper in Elizabethan English, and I, it was a it was a reckoning moment of oh my gosh what have I done you know not even aware that that had happened and uh, I laugh about it now you know and I don't talk that way or write that way now it's definitely evolved from there but it was just a love for the word at that moment and it changed my life it worked in me and so two years in into that process in a um, denominational church suddenly I was con confronted with um, the word of faith and I realized oh this is amazing well I ran into complications people accused me of chasing after something strange and it wasn't going to work for me and you're going off into a pathway of you know name it claim it on a Cadillac you know and, and, and I wasn't that wasn't my heart I saw stuff in the word and I fell in love with it and then from there, I got an upgrade because I had a foundation of faith built in my life. Then I moved into driving down a highway and hearing about apostles and prophets in the Spirit. And the Lord started talking to me. And then realizing governmental systems in heaven and the problems that faced when I left the group I was with and change that was going on because Yahweh was leading me. The uncomfortableness of it, but the upgrade that came, understanding the authority of God going into a season and age in the mid-80s of demonic warfare and casting out devils, and the discomfort from that and the process, but yet an understanding now that if I run into a devil somewhere, which they don't seem to show up as much, um, but if I do, I know with a word they're going to be dealt with and they're going to be taken care of and whatever needs to happen. And then the progression from that into the apostolic prophetic movements and the things that came out of that learning a ton but at the same time leaving people and groups that wanted to stay in the thing that they were doing and then when you try to climb out of that into the new of what God's leading you you get this accusation and this heartbeat and this grief heartache uh, and it's challenging and yet if you embrace it properly embrace change properly it consistently brings an upgrade in your life and a new foundation and a new platform within you so fast forward through the fivefold thing, which led into an, a recognition of servanthood, which was good. It was a message where servants of the Most High, you serve your brothers. Ministry, fivefold, was supposed to be a ministry of service uh, in order for the building up of the body of Christ, which it turned into a self-glorification session for most of them. Uh, I shouldn't say most of them. There are a lot of genuine people there. But coming into the 2000s, the movement and transition and uncomfortableness of coming out of the church age and the process of that, stepping from servanthood into sonship and a recognition of what that looked like, another upgrade came, another step in the process. And every time you engage with change, if you engage with it properly, with faith, expectancy, vision, looking for excitement, it's going to bring upgrade to your life. And now we are faced 
with the most momentous change process in the history of man, I believe, to where we are stepping into the new upgrade that's going to happen for our lives if we're willing to go with the flow. The difference with this upgrade is most of us don't have any ability or concept to see what it is we're stepping into. There's no, it's like it's been completely hidden. We just have to go with the drawing of the Spirit of God inside of us, giving us what we have need of and to lead us into this place. And if we'll do it with faith, we'll do it with purpose and intention and excitement and belief that Yahweh leads your steps. He will lead you into the land of inheritance. He'll lead you into the place that you've been looking for your whole life. Don't cast away your confidence because it has great recompense of reward. Don't let fear come in. Don't let any of those things transpire in your lives. Because if you'll stay the course and you'll run the race, you'll stay on the pathway he's laid out for you, whether you can see it completely or not, and rest in him, what's going to unfold is going to be supernatural and miraculous for your life. And you're going to look and see the fulfillment of the promise over your over your life and uh, it's going to be a joyous time so just wanted to share that with you the process what's been going on with change and how to look at it and i just trust and believe that together we're going to do this thing run with this thing and it's going to be amazing we're going to have the expectation is phenomenal love you guys blessings talk to you soon